I'm really curious as to what happens if we bring it into the moment as we notice something, as we're out and about or we're experiencing it. Is there a benefit in using our phones to stop and take a photograph? Welcome to the Wellbeing Champions podcast brought to you by Loon Base. My name is Aaron. My name is Tom. This is the Wellbeing Champions podcast where we bring you pearls of wisdom from the best and brightest in the wellbeing world. We aim to share knowledge and learn from others on how to enable people to truly work and live well. On today's episode, we welcome Ginny Coppenhall. Ginny has a background as an occupational therapist in mental health services, where she worked for 14 years before becoming a photographer. Ginny helps small business owners share their story through professional photography and deliver positive, team-building, creative workshops for organisations. During the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, she developed the Gratitude Gallery, an online course to foster creativity and gratitude, which are, of course, two positive tools to help boost our mental health. Ginny, welcome. Thank you. So we like to kick off each show with our Fast Five warm-up questions. So do you prefer tea or coffee? Coffee, which I'm drinking right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes three of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a rough, it was a rough night with our 18-month-old. So, uh... <laughs> oh, I had a rough night with my little boy as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, shameless caffeine addict. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question a favorite day of the week and why Ooh, i like friday because of the promise of the weekend <laughs> it's like the anticipation um, yeah. but i'm not but that said since going in self-employed i'm not it's not all about the weekend anymore is it? you know things things <laughs> for good and bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> you end up working flexible. on the weekends but then you can be much more flexible during the week so i don't have that um, waiting for the weekend feeling that I used to but there's still something about Friday that's um, lovely. <laughs> I'd agree with you. I, I work the Friday afternoon in practice because um, I think I think because I'm attached to that Friday feeling you know that kind of finishing at half past five six o'clock on a Friday <laughs> yeah there's that there's that thrill so I agree with you there definitely. Yeah and I believe one of your many talents is in the DJ world so do you prefer vinyl or serato? Uh I've never actually, well, I'm somewhere in between, actually. So I learned on vinyl. I'm really, really grateful for that um, because I think that it gives you a new appreciate, you know, a sort of appreciation of, of where it's all come from, how it all works and, and the sound of vinyl you can't replace. But it got very expensive very quickly and, and di- digital was already, you know, out there when I was DJing. So I started 10, well, 15 years ago. And so I quickly moved on to CDs. So I... I'm in this middle world of really liking CDs, but not many people use CDs anymore because everybody, you know, it's so much easier to use USB and it's more environmentally friendly, I guess, to use some sort of digital platform. Um, So I've had a gap and I'm coming back at the moment. So I am moving towards towards, um, the, the USB, I think, rather than having a laptop there. I don't like to have that barrier between me and the crowd. So I think a USB, but still have the decks in front of me and and using that as my uh platform <laughs> that makes sense yeah, that was yeah. a long answer <laughs> oh, lovely um and do you have a favorite book uh fiction or non-fiction mm, i'm i have to say i'm not a natural reader i'm not a massive reader um and i wasn't as a child but i am trying to read more and more and but I, I've actually chosen a children's book because my daughter's six and most of my reading is to her. And um, we've, we're reading a series called Amelia Fang. And it's 
absolutely brilliant. Right, <laughs> I'm really enjoying them. Um, the, and there's one called The Memory Thief, and it's beautiful. And it's just about, and it's got some great characters, wacky characters, but the story is so lovely about friendship and sacrifice and it made me cry oh. <laughs> so I just thought I should give a shout out to uh, those books and it, they're by Laura Ellen Anderson oh lovely oh, oh well I'll see you in a few years <laughs> our, our daughter's three so not yet, yet. <laughs> yeah yeah and is there a purchase in the last year that's boosted your own well-being uh, my DJ controller <laughs> <laughs> so I because it re- of what it represents really I haven't written myself off <laughs> I think that's what it represents because uh, when I had children so nearly seven years ago I decided it wasn't compatible with my DJing um, and I was yeah 10 years ago I did a lot of DJing and I was DJing out a lot going to festivals alongside my therapy career this was <laughs> so it was pretty full-on but when the children came along yeah there wasn't room and I and I grieved it it was really you know I, it was something I lost in that moment and I just decided during the pandemic I would well actually just before the pandemic had a couple of gigs lined up and then they didn't happen but that it's still there I still want to go for it so I purchased a an affordable sort of basic controller just to allow me to make some more mixes and podcasts again um in preparation for highest point just a little plug there on oh, the Friday nice. night yeah. <laughs> in Lancaster I'm playing on the yeah on the Friday can't wait so oh, I need a bit of practice as well so yeah it's that and also, and I, I believe Annie Mack is retiring from Radio One, so there's, you know, there's oh. potential there. You know? <laughs> I saw something about that the other day. Wow, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, I know she's doing all sorts. She's doing podcasts. She's doing writing, and she's doing a lot at the moment. So I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that, but sad as well. Sad, yeah, 18 years, but she says she wants to go out of the bang. I think, obviously, yeah. Annie Mack's Friday nights was always the yeah. kind of the kind of gateway to the weekend. So, um, yeah. yeah, should be missed. But uh, did you know the specific model by any chance of your controller? Just if someone was, looking oh, for is a... it? yeah, I've got a Pioneer DD DDJ four hundred. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> the great starter one, but for for someone getting back into it after ten years. <laughs> Lovely, and and I suppose yeah, let's start. If you just kind of give the listeners uh, like a one-liner about yourself and where you got to where you are today and just kind of, I know we did a brief introduction, but in your own words, like how do you get into this this um, multifaceted position you're in today? <laughs> I'm not sure, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was definitely not no plan, <laughs> particularly. It's a, cu- it's a culmination of lots of experiences, as a lot of people get to in life, I think. And But I started out as... Um, occupational therapist as you mentioned so after well when I left school at 18 I was I went to university Northumbria to study occupational therapy but just prior to that I'd had this big sort of uh, wrangling in my own mind about whether to go to art college or whether to uh, go for a healthcare related career because I loved working with people and uh, the careers advisor at school was actually off sick, which was such a blessing because <laughs> sounds awful. He was OK. Um, <laughs> but one of the physics teachers was standing in as the careers advisor. So I went to see him and his wife, I think, was an occupational therapist. So he knew what one was, which is quite rare because <laughs> we we're always having to explain what we do as occupational therapists. And 
he uh, explained that there was actually a lot of scope for creativity within it and using the arts and it could be a really good combination career so I thought yeah that definitely sounds like me and it and it was a really good fit um it's all about enabling independence uh working with people collaboratively and often using yeah creative techniques so uh yeah I went off to study that uh, got my degree uh worked in mental health like you say for 14 years and but I'd always in the back of my mind had this pull towards a creative a more creative career in some way I wasn't sure what to do I couldn't afford to retrain in anything in particular but um, I had some creative pursuits in the background um, DJing being one <laughs> photography being another and it was a bit of a push pull in the end so after 14 years I felt very burnt out um, I have to say so that was the sort of push out of the career but actually if I'm completely honest, a lot of it was the pull towards doing something creative as well. So uh, an opportunity came where I had a couple of months contract doing something creative and I, I just went for it. And I had a bit of a little bit of money behind me as a buffer. Went for it, started my own photography business. So, yeah, that and that's been the last five years with other creative bits thrown in there as well. Ah, and um, yeah, so five years, I guess that time's flown. And, and, and how would you say your roles evolved over that five years? And and yeah, it'd be a nice way to introduce what I was hoping would be the focus of this episode, really, about the um, of the Gratitude Gallery. Um, so yeah, how did that kind of come about over the five years? And how did your role change over that time? Well, I, I started out doing 50-50 offering photography services because I'd had my children as well well my daughter sorry I'd had my daughter and I'd been taking lots of photographs of her and as a lot of portrait photographers start out when they have children and and they've got a ready-made sort of subject and it is uh something wonderful to take photographs of every day so that's where I started but I was also missing the delivering workshops element because we did a lot of that within occupational therapy group work and uh, within the mental health services so I also did animation stop motion animation workshops um, because I'd I'd learned it whilst I was an occupational therapist as a, a therapeutic tool uh, for storytelling because I worked with young people in the last few years of my career and I absolutely loved it as a medium and it's really playful, it's, it's experimental, which is all about what I love promoting. And I offered creative workshops to schools, to health settings. Things. So it's a bit of a bridge, really, between the occupational therapy and my own career. I did that for a couple of years and I've moved away from that now, partly because it takes a heck of a lot of kit and um, it's, it's very involved. And each session is bespoke and it's just very intense. <laughs> and for me, it just doesn't fit right now with my young family. And so it may be something I go back to, but but I've, I'm now learning to use photography in the same way. I'm finding um, creative, accessible ways to deliver photography workshops. So I'm not as inclined to offer photography workshops where, you know, I, everybody brings their, you know, fancy cameras and we learn how to use that and it's all about the technical aspects and much more about finding an easy way for people to access their creativity and smartphone photography for me offers that um, and then I can teach through that because it's not only the technical aspects for me it's about encouraging that 
playfulness, that creativity, that experimentation and linking, getting reconnected with that for a lot of people, something that they did a lot as a child, but we lose as adults and it's got so many benefits. So it's sort of twofold for me. Lovely. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, smartphone photography. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on how that's kind of changed the role of the photographer and how that's maybe made photography more accessible. Yeah, I think you sometimes find people bemoaning, you know, everybody thinks they're a photographer now, but everybody is a photographer now and that's wonderful. And I just think that's, why not? You know, and I think, I, as I say, I mean, my, my motivation is a bit different. Perhaps it's about encouraging that because I can see the, the many benefits that people get from um, having a vehicle for creativity, a really easily accessible. So we all have phones. We all know how to take a basic snapshot on a phone. So it's a great level playing field for people wanting to learn more and perhaps go, I, I, I want to offer something that maybe initially looks like something, like how do you take better photos, the technical nuts and bolts, but actually then <laughs> opens up into a world of possibilities, you know, in terms of creativity. And people really get into that side, but they're not signing up to you know, I'm going to be an artist. It's not about that. or, But it, it means that they sign up without any hang-ups, I hope, because um, we've got so many uh, artistic mediums out there. I don't want to use the art- artistic word too much because creativity is so much more than that. But people have um, baggage that come along with that, you know, from, from being at school and being told they're not very good at it and, um, or assuming that other people are better. But smartphone photography is just one of those things that, everybody does to an extent you know nobody's comparing particularly to each other and they just come along and and it just means that they're open to it I guess from kind of researching what you're doing what it's about I guess you, it must push people outside and to explore different environments or to explore environments in a way that they'd never kind of look at it before and is, is that probably one of the big benefits that you see that people are just exploring I suppose yeah well when I first started um I the first opportunity I got to do the Gratitude Gallery was through uh, Green Close Arts, they're called, they're based in Melink locally, and they were looking for ideas for um, a Zoom course that offered um, an aspect of creativity, uh, but brought people together. And so I that's, that's the first time I sort of formulated it into a, a course, and I thought that Gratitude would be a fantastic addition, sort of integral aspect of it. Uh, but also I realised that, you know, people are quite familiar with the five ways to well-being now from the New Economic Foundation. And I thought I, it really fits well into that. So one of those elements is active, being active. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. It's about getting outside and engaging with your local environment. And as you say, looking at things in a bit of a different way. So that's another aspect of the five ways is taking notice. So it's just noticing what's around and there was a wonderful comment from someone who went on a recent course who said she walks the same park every day with a dog but since doing the course she's noticing she's never seen before and she actually stops to enjoy them and and that's a big part of what I feel it offers which is that in the moment um appreciation so there's something called savoring and there's a lot sort of research going on around it at the moment and there's a guy called Fred Bryant who is a mountaineer who had this 
experience when he was on the top of mountain in Colorado, I think, and he he was trying to savor those ten minutes that he was up there. And he and then he then he became he's a psychology professor as well, and then he became very uh, fascinated with that process of really enjoying the moment in the moment and how we do that and how can we actually consciously do that. And for me, bringing photography into the gratitude a, a gratitude practice offers a different perspective. Often, uh, journaling or writing things at the end of the day is is promoted, and there's a lot of research around that. To be fair. Um, about the benefits of doing that but I'm really curious as to what happens if we bring it into the moment as we notice something as we're out and about or we're experiencing it is there a benefit in using our phones to stop and take a photograph spend time getting the best photograph would that enhance our appreciation of that moment um, it does for me but I'm a photographer <laughs> so I'm biased <laughs> um, but I hope it does for other people too but also then it provides a record of that moment and then we can look back at the end of the day and look at what we've done and where we've been and you know the environment that we were in and then share that with others as well perhaps so it can become a really useful interactive tool and telling people and sharing that maybe more easily than a list at the end of the day so I'm really interested in all of that oh, oh, i love that yeah i mean obviously you know a huge proportion of the population now have this kind of super powerful computer with a you know with a very good camera in the pocket yeah i'd love to know i would say i'm a very amateur um smartphone photographer so if you were going to say to me what's the two or three top tips to getting the best out of this camera in my smartphone what would they be well with any camera it's about lighting lighting is number one uh think about your lighting and and if you're in the house think about window light in particular where's that coming from how can you best harness that if you're outside think about the best lighting but it's not always in direct sunshine think about the shade the most flattering lighting just be conscious of it I mean there's a whole load more I could say about that but be conscious of your lighting Mm -hmm. Um, just a really quick tip, often on your phone, if you tap the screen where your subject is, so if it's your child's on their face or their eyes in particular, um, and then it should focus for that subject. So it sharpens the subject. Often cameras do a pretty good job of that anyway, automatically. But if you can just make sure you just get into that habit of tapping, you can always guarantee that that will be sharp. Um, and it also exposes the subject when you tap. So it means it gets the best lighting um, for your subject. So it's not bothered too much about everything else or things in the background. You are, It's just the first way that you can start to take a bit more control and not let the camera do everything for you. So this is, this is the subject. Thirdly, um, I'd say have a look at an app called Snapseed, which I absolutely love. Um, And that's the one that I teach on my courses. Uh, It's free and it doesn't try and spam you with loads of adverts, which I absolutely love. Uh, But it's really powerful. It's got loads of features. And for me, editing is half of the process, really. It allows you another layer of creativity as well, as well as improving the photograph from a technical perspective. It, It holds so many creative options. Um, and a lot of fun with it as well so yeah have a play with snapseed great oh lovely i'll uh, yeah I'll, I'll start getting it downloaded now <laughs> 
And do you have do you have any kind of um, you know, say if somebody had a budget of uh, um, two hundred fifty pounds for a new phone, do you have any kind of go to phones that you'd say you know you really recommend this? So if yeah, if somebody's starting your course and and they you know they want to invest in a new smartphone, have you got do you have any recommendations? No, I don't really. For me, it's more about how you use the tools that you've got. So I wouldn't necessarily take it. Say it's about getting the top spec camera. It you can do so much with the one that you've got. And more than you realize, probably. To go back to the gratitude gallery, I'd, I'd love to know, say, looking at a company, joining up, what does that process look like? How long does it last? How's it delivered? And also kind of what, what's the benefit of a group doing it together? And how does, how does that work? Yeah. So the gratitude gallery for companies, organizations um, is a fantastic way, I think, of uh, supporting a staff team or a, a set of clients that you're working with. And it's, um, as I say, partly because it's that accessibility of the medium. Uh, it's, a, it's a session that I've originally developed to be online via a Zoom call. So it's usually no more than 12 people um, is good to allow everybody to ask questions and to contribute meaningfully. Um, so I would, I would cap it at that. The sessions are 90 minutes each and it's once a week for four weeks. A lot of the research around gratitude journaling, at least, records results after three weeks of practice. So I'd, four weeks feels a really good amount of time to get into the groove of something. Um, that said, I totally accept the challenges and it's not about a right way or a wrong way. It's just introducing people to the idea and the opportunity to try it. Um, we all have mixed relationships with gratitude I think um, we're often raised to you know on a very basic level thank our great auntie for presents that we hated or, <laughs> um, or you know just say thank you when we do it just doesn't feel genuine or sometimes it's related to sort of imbalances of power or or your situation you should be grateful for this I mean I'm guilty of saying it to my daughter at tea time when she's complaining about her food <laughs> you know I find myself saying you should be grateful you know a lot of people don't have and you just there's this layer of guilt to it so there's all this you know baggage that, as well as creative stuff people can come with gratitude so at the start of the course we acknowledge that and we say it's not about getting it right there's no way you might find some of this stuff comes up but it's just about giving it a go and actually the gratitude practice is a bit different to what you may have practiced before um so yeah let's have a go so I teach a variety of skills each session so if people want to focus more on the technical side they can but I invite them to in between sessions take a photograph every day of something that they're grateful for and and try to reflect on why they're grateful for that thing as well then one of the advantages of group the group situation is that I ask them to send me one of their photographs from the week ahead of the next session. Then I put a slideshow together of everybody's photographs and we share that at the beginning of the session. So each person has an opportunity to say something about their moment of gratitude and uh, people can chip in and ask questions if they want. And that's a really great way of uh, yeah, as I say, sharing their work, sharing something they've learnt, maybe, and and people come away and you know, as as often with these things, that's sometimes the most useful part of the session for some people because they learn from each other, and and not, and actually people have reflected that they really enjoy seeing what people are grateful for. You know, it's not just the technical side; it's what 
oh look at all these array of things that you know is that people have found like I focused on my meals or, or my pets pets is a big one you know understandably especially at the moment and and people uh, sometimes forget about other aspects so they're, they're opened up to you know looking at life differently so uh, and then we we get a bit more abstract as the week goes on as well so we start off quite concrete and then I encourage them to think about um, how to convey convey mood within the photographs for example you know so it's not just how to take the best photos how do you convey uh, an emotion maybe and then also things like how to what do we appreciate about ourselves we touch on that in the final session and yeah we sort it sort of evolves um it's not a therapy group though even though I, I do have a therapy background it's not a therapeutic group and I encourage signpost if need be if people are struggling from a mental health perspective um but this is a, a great way of bringing people together do you ever run a group and then turn it into a like a physical exhibition is that, is that uh, an, idea? an element of the the online group that I didn't mention sorry is that everybody's I collect everybody's photographs through the month and then at the very end we create a digital uh, exhibition via my website um, that and then ask, I ask people to comment on one of the favorites as well so that everybody can come and see the whole collection and there's something very powerful about everybody's photographs from the whole month coming together yeah. and I've just mixed them up in any order and I just they just can browse all these beautiful images and then people can share it with their friends and family as well. So that's something I've done. Not done a physical exhibition yet, but that's definitely something that I am open to as well. So I know you've already mentioned a few of your creative outlets and how that kind of helps with your own well-being. I'd love to know if there's any other kind of tips or techniques that you personally have if you feel like overwhelmed or stressed. Kind of what's your go-to outlet? Well, actually, it links to the origin of Gratitude Gallery, which was when I uh, felt really overwhelmed. I actually had a bit of time off through stress, feeling overwhelmed. And and in that time, that's when I got my first DSLR camera. And in order to get to know it, I decided to do a three, what's called a 365 project. And it's it's not quite what you're asking because it's quite a big commitment of 365. <laughs> it's taking a photograph every single day for a year. Yeah. And But I, I thought... I'm up for this because I want to learn how to use my camera, but I decided to have a theme and the theme was appreciation, gratitude, something that I could find good in every day because I was feeling pretty frustrated, pretty low. And it really helped me personally and it really helped to shift my perspective. Um, so there's dedicated websites to that and you can share, you have a calendar and you upload a photo each day um, and you can choose your own themes. But I loved that um, and it really helped me. So, yeah, and the same. So I go out outside. I mean, we're, we're, we're very fortunate to live in such a beautiful area and I've become particularly fond of the coast and the shore and the prom at Morecambe and just, and I always take my phone and therefore take lots of photographs. So for me, you know, I, I do practice what I preach and I, I do use it a lot and I share those photos as as well something you just said reminded me of something I'd be curious to get your take on do you ever do you ever kind of say when you're going for a walk and you know it's kind of like you're going to grab your phone every time you kind of want to take a photo do you ever use airplane mode as a way to kind of not grab your phone for a photo and then see five notifications and suddenly the walk turns into email creep because I've kind of heard that in another sense but I'd be curious to know if almost it has the reverse effect when you grab your phone for a mindful moment and it turns into mm. the opposite. 
I don't find that to be honest. Um, I'm too bothered about capturing the yeah. moment. <laughs> I think it overrides anything else. To be honest, I'm so passionate about it, and you know, even me as a professional photographer who does use fancy cameras, um, I still often go to my phone for uh, that spontaneous creativity. It frees you up. It's more accessible. Um, and it's it's loads of fun and that to be honest more and more my Instagram is getting full of photos that I've taken with my phone especially in lockdown and um, and partly because it does promote what I preach as well but uh, yeah I don't find that yeah I love it okay. um, yeah too disciplined to win yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful I, I, I looked at these tools where they um, you have a timer on your desk because obviously you've got a timer on your phone as well, but it's like a timer on your desk tool that seems to be gaining some popularity. Um, you know, and you say like, I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes, whatever, you know, yeah. kind of batch running through emails. Um, but I like that, you know, put part my phone somewhere else and uh, and have a little timer. So yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you must be well disciplined. Well, I don't, know, I don't know if it is discipline. I think on my computer, is another matter if I'm working, you know, <laughs> procrastination takes over. But if I'm out and about and I see something, and I'm aware that that moment might be gone in a minute or that lighting in particular might be gone. If I see some decent lighting, yeah. nothing else matters. I need to capture it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to capture it. Um, yeah. So that I think that that's why. And finally, where can people see more of your photography work? Where can people find more about the Gratitude Gallery? And, and where can people reach out to you? My website is uh, com. And that's Coppenhole with K, K O P E N H O L. And I am on Instagram at Jimmy Cop, G I N Y K O P. I also have a business page on Facebook. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> so, but if you go to my website, all my social bits are on there too. So it might be the best way. And you can see previous gratitude galleries on my website, as I say. Great. Yeah. And I will link to all of those links in the show notes at loombase.com to make it easy for people to find. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It's um, yeah, been really insightful. And, uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. In terms of like my, like my practice outside of Loombase, I'm definitely going to start because um, I, pu- I push people, to, I push patients to say, you know, particularly gratitude journals, I say explore the idea of that if you have, you know, particularly if you're struggling with mental health. But yeah, this kind of creative endeavor and the, the way there are other aspects tied to it, I'm definitely going to say, yeah, give it a go because everybody's got a smartphone, like yeah, you said. So. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Ginny. This podcast is brought to you by Loonbase. Loonbase is an all in one wellbeing platform for your workplace. Listeners of this podcast can get an exclusive deal. Just simply go to loonbase.com forward slash champions. That's loonbase.com forward slash champions to find out more.